Well, good morning, friends, and good morning. I already said that. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly, E-Y-S, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic and recovered here in Oklahoma and glad to be back on the line with you guys. Today is Thursday, June 4th, 2020. Today we are on, we are in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 160. First paragraph, outsiders became interested. And we'll be reading and then commenting on just that one paragraph. So today's readers for the 12 Steps, Anne-Marie M., 12 Traditions, Samantha H., readers of the text, Leon B., Martha Z., and Reva P., and our newcomer greeter today will be Vanita L., and the second hour host, Jody E. And our reference numbers for Wednesday, yesterday, June 3rd, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 14742, 14742, and then our 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting yesterday, 14743, 14743. All right, the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Anne-Marie M. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Yes, thank you, Kelly. This is Anne-Marie in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a, pers- made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to the compulsive to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Well, thank you, Anne-Marie. 
All right, so now I will have Samantha H. read our 12 traditions. Good morning, Samantha. Good morning. This is Samantha H., compulsive overeater, bulimic, and restrictor from New Jersey. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to do service. Thank you, Samantha. So here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. And I'll let you know by saying time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you'll press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. All right, so we are in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are resuming our study there on page 160. And one of the very first paragraph, outsiders became interested. And we'll just be reading and commenting on that one paragraph. And Leon B. is going to get us started. Hey, Leon. Hey, Kelly. How you doing? Um, this Good. This is Leon B. Gratefully. Gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater from Simpsonville, South Carolina. Outsiders became interested. One man and his wife placed their large home at the disposal of this strangely assorted crowd. This couple has since become so fascinated that they have dedicated their home to the work. Many a distracted wife has visited this home to find loving and understanding companionship among women who knew her problem. To hear from the lips of their husbands what had happened to them 
to be advised how her own wayward mate might be hospitalized and approached when next he stumbles. Um, I'm trying to figure out what to share on this. <laughs> and 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 I remember reading about this couple in AA Comes of Age and what's fascinating and what I believe why they were fascinated with this whole movement is that this couple was a part of the Oxford group um, and who worked along with them was Hen Henrietta Cyberlin. And this couple also worked with Dr. Bob. And Bill mentions this couple, T. Henry and Clarice, in his book, AA Comes of Age, that on several occasions that they had discussed their own personal defects with Dr. Bob, just trying to get, you know, some kind of closer identification with him. And Bill actually uh, mentions and thanks them, or sort of thanks them, and says that they prepared Bob for Bill's coming. So I can imagine after working with Bill, you know, because Bill, you know, excuse me, after working with Bob, because Bob was a part of the, Dr. Bob, he was a part of these Oxford groups, but was not getting sober. And Bill comes in and sort of clinches the deal. I can imagine how fascinated they became with this whole movement and with this whole process. And apparently they had a beautiful home, very inspirational, very spiritual, and they would allow these outsiders to, to come in and to sit back and watch this fellowship grow up. I'm sure it was fascinating to them. And the other part of this, I think about the wife that walks into this this sort of place and see these these men that were once um, you know wayward and once you know like the devil Mayfair and, and I don't know if she met met them or not, but if she was to see that type of a person, knew of that type of an alcoholic, and now they're sitting there finally dressed and telling them about their experience, it has to offer hope to that wife. And I have had a similar experience on this line, just listening, Kelly, please time. I'm um, just listening to some of the shares on here. When I first um, started with Vision, so much I had to go get my wife and replay a share of one of the, the men that shared on here because he said something that I had said. You know, my words were coming out of his mouth. I had just said to my wife about, what's going on with me and it and it provided so much hope for me to hear him say that I had to pray for her. And when she heard it, I mean just the look on her face and how shocked she was because she realized that there was some hope for me. And she became extremely excited to the point where she says, We gotta get this out. We have got to get this out. You know, so there I see hope that in this paragraph there is hope in this program and and I, I think I'm about to be cut off but um but thank you guys very much that's a great paragraph and you guys have a wonderful day well thank you Leon B get about two seconds so pretty darn good all right so we are commenting on page 160 first paragraph outsiders became interested so if you'd like to comment on that paragraph and of course, as you know, we value your experience, but we ask that you limit your shares to every third day. So if you shared Tuesday or yesterday, then we're asking you to please step back so we can hear new voices. So who'd like to share on that paragraph? Kim T. Kim T. Cynthia C. Cynthia C. Denise B. 
Courtney C. Caroline M. D. Barbara E. Caroline, is it M. D.? Yes. Okay, Barbara E. All right. Well, that looks like a good lineup. We've got six there, so if you guys will make sure you press star one and you're muted, we'll get started. Our lineup I have is Kim T., Cynthia C., Denise B., Courtney C., Caroline M.D., and Barbara E. So, Kim, you're up. Hi, this is Kim T. I'm a newcomer from northern Michigan. Um, This is the first time I'm sharing on vision this morning. Um, When I look at this paragraph um, and it mentions the women um, come to find a loving and understanding companionship, um, I can only think of my first time coming to OA to a face-to-face meeting. My group dropped everything and shared uh, their experiences, um, you know, experiences that once in their life they wanted to do everything to conceal but they still shared them just so that I would be able to find a home, find um, identification in the insanity. And that's all I can think of is when they talk about a home was after my first OA meeting, I knew I was home. And then they talked about hope and I could see it in their eyes. I could see it in their actions and the way they welcomed me. And I just, I thank you all for this group and for the level of healing that God has provided through you. Um, Again, I'm a newcomer, and I'll just stay on the line. Thank you all for your service. Well, welcome, Kim T., and uh, good to hear a new voice, and hang on till later when you can announce yourself. So next up is Cynthia C., followed by Denise B. Good morning, Cynthia. Good morning. Thank you for your service and thank you to everybody who makes this meeting possible every day. Feels like coming home every morning. Um, This is Cynthia C., recovered compulsive overeater and food addict in Newton, Massachusetts. I'm really grateful to be on the line this morning um, and I'm grateful to hear a newcomer speak too. Um, So this is a a great paragraph and I think I'm just going to reiterate, I guess, what other people are saying. I think the thing that stands out for me is, well, there are two things. One is here is this, this, you know, this couple who's doing this service of being of service, you know, of being of service, whether what their relationship is to, you know, AA is, is not clear to me. I don't know the history, but, but they're of service. And I think that that's something, um, you know, when we get caught up in ourselves, we get caught up in the pandemic, we get caught up in everything else going on in the world. Um, you know, um, it always helps me to be of service um, and and to come out of myself and my own self-pity to be there for other people. Um, it's a great reminder. And it's always a reminder when I'm working as a sponsor and working with sponsees of what is most important in this program. It reminds me of the basics. It helps me rework my steps. Um, and then and then really, really reiterating what other people were saying is companionship, this idea of companionship, where we're together. You know, my I was in relapse for 20 years and I went to a meeting, um, a face-to-face meeting in my home. And I heard someone tell my story and I sat there for the entire meeting 
once I heard her starting to speak, like just crying, sobbing, because I heard someone who told my story and, and who had recovery, who had hope. It was this unbelievable sense of hope. And, um, you know, and then I found a couple of days later, I found this meeting, A Vision for You, where people told my story and they had like really working the steps according to the big book. They were, you know, I heard this sense of recovery in, in this meeting that I just wasn't hearing into the face-to-face meetings. And it was just, it was just like this message from my higher power, you know, like you're home and, and here's a place where I can recover because there are people who are working the steps, not just focused on, on abstinence, abstinence, abstinence. And don't get me wrong. It's important for me to be abstinent. It's important for all of us to get abstinent, but, but it was through working the steps according to the big book and that I wasn't hearing at a lot of other meetings. So I'm so grateful to be here and to have recovery that I never had before because of the way I learned to work the steps through this meeting and working with a big book sponsor, you know, and the companionship of other women who showed me that there's hope and recovery. Um, thank you so much to everybody who makes this meeting happen. I'm just uh, forever just grateful thank you for that i passed thank you perfect timing cynthia c appreciate it all right next up denise b followed by courtney c good morning denise good morning hi i'm denise b recovered compulsive overeater in dublin ireland really grateful to be on the line and thank you all for your service yeah i i really love this paragraph and the first thing that stands out for me is that line about this strangely assorted crowd because it reminds me in the chapter there is a solution that line about we are people who normally would not mix but there exists among us a fellowship a friendliness and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful and that's what they talk about here you know that loving and understanding companionship and you know the definition of companionship is a feeling of fellowship and friendship and when I came into the rooms, that's exactly what I got. I was met exactly where I was at. I was met with that feeling of fellowship or friendship. But I was also, just like these women did, I was also shown the solution. And I was I needed that solution, you know, coming from where I was. I, I was at rock bottom. And, and I love that, that there's that sharing of experience, strength, and that hope, but also a very practical solution of, you know, what they might do um, for the husbands. I think this is also a great reminder to me when I read it of am I giving a loving and understanding companionship to the newcomer who comes into the room or the person who's coming back from relapse or or the person who's just coming into a meeting and needs that love and understanding and am I carrying that message of companionship, that, that message of love, that message of understanding and also am I sharing on the solution, am I sharing how I got recovered and am I passing on that message? So a great reminder to me this morning to carry the message through example and to provide that loving and understanding companionship in fellowship that was so readily given to me. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Well, thank you, Denise B. All right, so next up we have Courtney C. followed by Carolyn MD. Good morning, Courtney. Morning, thank you. Uh, this is Courtney. I'm a compulsive eater and food addict, and wow, it's been really great shares this morning. And um, I just wanted to share on this paragraph that, you know, I think what 
what's coming up for me is like, I forget the unique situation that I'm in as a member of this fellowship. And just that the fact that there's people who, you know, are not even compulsive eaters or not even alcoholics who, who look at this fellowship and they're like, man, I wish I had something like that because it's, it's really incredible. And I've, um, you know, I've heard uh, from other spiritual leaders talking about AA that what one of the distinguishing characteristics of our situation is that our spirituality is actually vital. You know, I think for people who you know, don't don't have issues with addiction where their life can be on the line due to their own actions, that, you know, spirituality spirituality is something that you can really take or leave. You know, it's like, oh, I could do this or not, but, you know, I'll probably be fine. But that's not my situation, you know. Spirituality was the last thing I was looking for. It's, it's the one thing that I didn't want. Um, and yet when I came in to OA, I was told that, hey, if I don't find a spirituality that works, I'm not going to make it. So there was the sense of life and death about it. And, um, and that still resonates for me today. Although, you know, being abstinent and, and enjoying the benefits of recovery, I sometimes get into forgetting, you know, like I, I start thinking, oh, yeah, I can like take or leave this meeting or I'll take this phone call or not. And that that is not in accordance with my reality. That's not my situation. My situation is still that this spirituality has to work in and through me, you know, 24 hours a day um, in order for me to maintain this this recovery and this freedom today. So, you know, and, and it helps me, I don't know, it helps me to reflect on that this is actually very precious. OA is life-saving, and I think most people uh, out there who struggle with my disease will never find it. They'll never have the benefit of um, having this solution, like, just right there, readily available, and all these people to share it with. It's really incredible. So uh, thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Courtney C. All right, next up, Caroline M.D., followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Caroline. Caroline, press star one. Can't hear you. All right, well, Barbara E., are you ready? Okay, maybe she'll jump back in. Well, Hi, tons is, of, oh, she did. Okay. Is it Caroline? Yeah, yeah it's okay. Caroline. Do you, do you want me to go okay, ahead? Okay, go ahead, Caroline. Yeah, go ahead. Barbara, thanks. I'll get you next. Hi, this go is ahead, Caroline, Caroline MD. Yeah, this is Caroline MD, a recovering compulsive eater and food addict in Watsonville, California. And um, I'm just grateful that I have this meeting. Um, the the part of the paragraph that um, just keeps sticking in my mind is um, outsiders became interested. Uh, my experience uh, with my own disease um, is being able to just live in the world where people may or may not have food issues and take care of myself and be honest about what my issues are. And I've had some really um, interesting conversations with people who may or may not be food addicts just because 
I'm willing just to take care of myself. Um, and I was also really um, interested when Leon was talking. Um, I know I've heard a lot about the history of AA um, and how it relates to um, overeating and OA. And it, it just made me uh, interested in going online and looking for the books that he was talking about. So I'm going to do a little more, more research myself so that I can, I can get more conversant with um, some of that history that happened before I was even born. So I'm just grateful to be here today, and I appreciate your patience with my technological difficulties, and I pass. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for your share. All right, so next up is Barbara E., and they'll be taking more names for uh, share, so get ready. So, Barbara, you're up. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. This is Barbara E. in West Orange, New Jersey. Well, times have certainly changed since the 1930s. We no longer meet in small groups in someone's home, but have had the privilege of working in various places which so generously offered their facilities to our groups. That is, before the COVID virus made that impossible. Now, through the miracle of Zoom, we still work in our homes, but we work individually and we work together on our common issue with food. But back when I did get to go to face-to-face -face meetings, we often went out together after the meeting for lunch, and it was like a second, more relaxed way to get to know each other on a more personal basis. But that was unimportant to me back in 1996 when I came to these rooms looking for a way to stop my destructive compulsive binging and get to a normal body weight and stay that way. I was fat. No one needed to tell me. I dressed myself every day and saw what my compulsion had done to my body. I did, however, get abstinent and give away the 12 sizes in my closet but I was not happy, joyous, and free. I wasn't calm in the middle of chaos. I was thin and miserable, and those bedevilments still haunted me daily. My sponsor said I was only 12 steps away from another binge, and I had to surrender or be dragged back to a slow, humiliating, and painful death. She had a wonderful sense of humor, and she gave me an OA serenity coin and told me to keep it in my pocket, and if I felt like eating, to rub the coin, and if I still felt like eating, to turn it over and feel the serenity, the word, under my fingers, and if I still felt like eating, to take the coin out and say the serenity prayer, and if I still felt like eating, to put the coin under my tongue and wait till it melted, and then, and only then, could I eat. In spite of her humor, the idea of doing all steps was still scary. But anger, self-hatred, guilt, and self-pity were great mo motivators, so I had to surrender. Now, today, when I'm feeling irritable or having a pity party or fearful about the state of the world, I have techniques to use that don't involve putting a coin under my tongue or stuffing my face with food to self-medicate. I work with a sponsor. I make a 10-step call. I immediately call another. I say a prayer. I meditate and call my sponsor. Yes, I still call my sponsor after 20 years. Where, where I'd surrendered to the food before, I now surrendered to my higher power. 
I may look okay on the outside, but I have a lot of work to do on my end. Time, please. I'll just finish my sentence. Life is exciting and challenging and sometimes very sad. But for me, how I react is a growing experience. I am a compulsive overeater, and I know it. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, so we're in the big book. We're on page 160. That first paragraph that says outsiders became interested. And, of course, while we do value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day. Again, if that uh, if you share Tuesday or Wednesday, we're asking you to step back so we can hear some new voices. So who'd like to share on this paragraph today? Vinny T. Vinny T. Kim T. Denver. Kim T. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Diane C. Diane C. Who else would like to share? All right. Well, I guess we'll just get started with these right now. So this is a good opportunity to step up if you've been waiting. All right. Let's go with Vinny T, Kim T, and Diane C. Vinny, you're up. Thank you. Am I being heard? You are. Thank you. This is Vinny T, recovered in North Carolina. Um, To me, you know, one, one of the most you know sacred services that I do is is continuing our face to face meetings uh <laughs> which we can't do right now, but we are doing on zoom uh kind of crazy, but it's working um, but for me, this paragraph you know talks about that that safe haven that we have that safe place where really, for the first time in my life, I think I felt able to speak the truth. Um, to myself as well as the people in the room. And, you know, just to be able to speak and to be able to share and to be heard um, just opened up the world to me. And um, once again, I am so grateful for this program, for all of my fellows, and um, just uh, thank you. Um, I pass. Well, thank you, Vinny T. All right, next up, Kim T., followed by Diane C. Hey, Kim, you're up. Hey, thank you. This is Kim T. in Denver, recovered compulsive overeater. I wanted to just mention that phrase, the strangely assorted crowd. And when that was read this morning, I started thinking, yeah, it is a strangely assorted crowd. And I used to think it was so bizarre. I didn't want to belong to all this group of weirdos. <laughs> I wanted to be above it. And then as I've listened to the shares, I thought, how much has changed in my heart, in my life, since I recovered, since I've been working the steps. I love the strangely assorted crowd. It brings diversity. It brings me different perspectives on life. But then there's that commonality that we're all compulsive overeaters. And we need these steps. We need each other. We need, certainly need God. And I just love that shift in my perspective. And 
And then I started thinking about, too, how I've shifted. When I was out for 10 years and relapsed, I started thinking, oh, this isn't a disease. It's just, that's just a bunch of baloney. It's just weak-willed and so on and so forth, right? We've all been there. And how that has changed, and I get it now, and I understand the, the twofold nature as much as I understand it today. And then also the word recovered when I first started attending these vision meetings, I thought, recovered? Who do these people think they are? They can't be recovered. Well, our big book tells us we can, and I had never studied the big book. I read it here and there, but never studied it. And what I'm saying is that so much has changed in my outlook and attitude on life that I never, ever, ever would have imagined. And putting the food down has opened the door to all of that. So I am incredibly grateful. And I didn't think I got anything out of this paragraph. But, so thank you and thank you everyone who gives service. I'll pass. Well, thank you, Kim T. And next up is Diane C. And then we'll have time for more shares. Good morning, Diane. Diane, press star one. Hi, I'm here. Hi, this is Hi. Diane C. from Baltimore. And um, this paragraph really struck me. Um, first of all, um, in the in the where it says that the man and his wife placed their home at the disposal of this strangely assorted crowd, and that they dedicated their home to the work. And um, I looked up disposal, and um, it's to give someone the power or authority to make use of as one chooses. And I was so struck by the generosity there and dedicated to, to give something over to a particular purpose. And again, um, that generosity, which um, I've seen here in A Vision for You in, in OA. Um, and I love that they, they did it, I, I don't, wasn't there, but they could not, if they were dedicating their home and making it uh, available to outsiders, to these strangely assorted crowd, they weren't worried about whether every dish was clean or, or the windows were washed or uh, the floor was vacuumed. Um, I think about that sometimes when I'm preparing to um, host friends or um, a party, and I can get so wrapped up in what my house looks like. It's really hard for me. I have three dogs. The floors are never clean. Um, the windows are always smudged. Um, but just how, how this really highlights the difference between hospitality and entertaining. And um, their focus on hospitality and generosity just comes through in these pages nearly 100 years later. Um, and I've seen uh, how outsiders um, in their legacy, how outsiders have, can become insiders, can become fellows. I've been uh, a part of Vision for You for just a couple of months, and I have been overwhelmed daily by the generosity of my fellows and my sponsor and the, how they've invested in me. And I want to, I can't wait to pass that on. And my sponsor has been encouraging me to make outreach calls. And my initial reaction was, oh, you're kidding, really? I, I don't have anything to offer. And she said, just offer your experience, share, share which podcast you might like. And um, I've had some of the most beautiful conversations over the past, couple, past week or so. Um, so it, it also is parallel with, um, with this paragraph in that I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to know the big book line by line. Maybe someday I will, 
but I just have to share my experience and, and, um, and just show up. And I'm grateful for the example that has been set for me. And I thank you for uh, letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much, Diane C. All right, well, we have time for some more shares. Again, we're on page 160, first paragraph, Outsiders Became Interested. If you've shared in the last three, wait just a second, Linda. If you've shared Tuesday or Wednesday, asking you to step back. So, all right, Linda D. Sorry. Hi, Hi, everyone. Who's after Linda? Rosie M. Rosie M. Elena C. Elena C. Michael M. Um, Was there Rachel K or D? Rachel B, as in boy. D. Was there a K? Somebody with a K, last name K? Megan K. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to stop there. I don't even know if we'll have time for all those, but... All right, so here's what I have. Linda D., Rosie M., Elena C., Rachel D., and Megan K. I don't feel like doing math this early. So y'all just press star one to mute, and we'll see what happens. So Linda D., you're up next. Linda, star one. Can't hear you, Linda. All right, for time, we will go. Oh, are you there? Yeah. Sorry, I thought I had it. Uh, This is Linda D. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm from Meriden, Connecticut, and I'm very, very relieved and grateful and awed to be recovered for six years and a few months. And so why am I here? I'm here because people have so graciously given to me for almost 40 years. And um, I'm struck by the urgency of the first 100 people. And it reminds me that when I came in, it was that urgent, not only for me, but the people that were leading the meeting down the road from me uh, in Meriden, Connecticut. Um, I was told from the beginning, in no uncertain terms, that I had a fatal progressive disease and that at that time it was a completely different style a long time ago, and and it was a kind of an AA style, and it's a kick-ass sort of thing. And um, when I shared too much, uh, uh, one of the sponsors told me to take the cotton out of my ears and put it in my mouth, and uh, she was right, because I didn't know anything about a disease. I knew a lot about dieting, but I was dying, and I knew it, and I recognized it, and when I went home, I cried with the relief that there was a whole room full of people that were like me and understood me and welcomed me. And they had a big book. And I bought my first big book and I got a sponsor probably the next week and I was off. I was off to the um, task of doing these steps and that's why I'm there, to do the steps to get a higher power. Pete B. shared that recently that I have a deadly disease. It hasn't changed. I've received tremendous benefit from doing all this work. Tremendous, tremendous. I have a life second to none despite the BS that goes on every day with everybody. But I have a deadly disease. And so the outpouring of warmth and love and support is vital 
but it's more vital, uh, if there's such a concept, it's more vital to be focused on my higher power through those steps because that's the only way I can navigate through life. Absolutely. I do not know how to love or live without God. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Linda D. All right. Rosie M. followed by Elena C. Hey, Rosie. Rosie, star one. Hi, everybody. This is Rosie. I'm from Kentucky. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I'm so grateful to have all of you in my home today, in my home every day that I dial in or um, the Zoom meetings we have right now. But you all taught me so well that um, home is where the heart is. And I feel that way when I go to my meetings. I feel that way when I listen to all of you on the phone. And the spirituality of the 12 steps, it brings me to a home that fills that God-shaped hole in my gut so I don't have to eat. And my husband was a member of AA, and we had quite a few people sober up in our home after he sobered up in our home. And it was just incredible to see how it works. And I got that example. I was new in OA, and you all showed me how to go out to lunch and not be a secret eater and, or what to eat and how to be with people because it wasn't about what I was eating. It was about what was eating at me. And the steps that I worked helped me, um, and the steps that I continue to work helped me to remember that I am only able to pass this on if I keep uh, – working it myself, and then share it with others. So thank you so very much for your tender, loving care for me through the program. I pass. Well, thank you so much, Rosie M. All right, next up, Elena C. followed by Rachel D. Morning, Good morning, Elena. everybody. My name is Elena C. from Greenville, South Carolina, gracefully recovered, compulsive overeater. And this paragraph, I'm amazed by how these meetings have started. And the second part of the paragraph that I want to share about um, was how Al-Anon was formed. So, you know, so they, they had their AA meetings and then these wives came and to find support among others, people, um, other whites of, of alcoholics. And, you know, that, this meeting, that's how Al-Anon meetings were formed. Um, and I've heard that the, um, you know, Lois W., Bill Weiss, and Dr. Bob's wife, and Smith were the ones who formed Al-Anon. And, you know, what happened was um, until Bill was drinking, when Bill was drinking, you know, Lois suffered greatly. She worshipped that man. And when he found sobriety, she totally, um, she totally hoped that she will have the relationship of her dreams with this man whom she adored greatly. And that she totally believed that's how she could be happy. But yet, um, when Bill got sober, you know, um, he became very busy with uh, getting other people sober and. AA and Lois then realized that she needed a power greater than herself as well. And that's how Elanon was formed. And that's amazing because today there's two programs of recovery that one is for addiction and one is for people who are in a relationship with people who have addiction. That's also an addiction. 
And I'm very, very grateful for um, for these two programs that I'm both part of. And um, just amazing, amazing work of higher power, how these meetings and these programs of recovery have started at Income Pass. They're worldwide fellowships, and we are each individual a part of the chain of of spirituality and well-being. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Elena. All right, next up we have Rachel D. followed by Megan K. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning. My name is Rachel B. as in boy. I'm from Dayton, oh. Ohio. And this is my first time uh, calling, uh, actually speaking, um, after months of listening. Um, but I had to speak today because you all have placed your large phone system at the disposal of me and um, I am a distracted wife and mother who has visited this phone system every day since um, August and found here so much understanding, compassion, um, and, and love. I can't even believe it. I have three little kids, and my life is extremely full, and I often have to listen to this beautiful meeting while doing many things of giving service <laughs> from the moment I wake up. But uh, you have been here for me, and you don't even know it, so I had to speak today to just say thank you um, to everyone who's listening to this. And I checked, and there's 364 people on um, a couple speakers ago. So to each 364 of you and to all the people who have led and um, to all the understanding and compassion that I've heard over these past months, um, I just had to say thank you. It's been a lifeline for me. Um, stuck at home with my kids, not, you know, gratefully doing my good job, and it's helped me do a better job and be loving and compassionate um, to my own children better than I, I would, truly better than I would have been able to do without you all. So I just had to say thank you uh, for putting your phones at my disposal. And I pass. Well, thank you, Rachel B. And again, it's always great to hear new voices, so welcome. And uh, next up is... Megan Kay. Hey, Megan. Hi, this is Megan Kay. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater in New Jersey. Um, this also for me is only my third time cheering on the line. Um, I'm nervous, but I'm also just very grateful for a vision for you. Uh, the tremendous group me app that goes as a companion to this. Um, and um and for everybody on the line, um, I've tried to share other times, and I actually appreciate not even being called on because it gets me at the ready, and it gets me focused on the paragraph even more, even if I don't get called. So um, the part that really is uh, jumping out at me is that the couple has since become so fascinated that they have dedicated their home to the work. And to me, it just shows me the value and just the focus of the program um, and how giving service gives me purpose in my life. And um, for me, how that's translated so far in my program is um, I'm almost kind of dependent on the GroupMe app that, um, that's like a companion to this meeting. Um, I post on there, um, I call people on there, I save phone numbers on there, 
you know, I have my sponsor to take me through the steps, but I'm not dependent on her. And I love that about this program because I came in from another program where I could never find my higher power. And I appreciate in this program that I'm not trained to be dependent on my sponsor for the answers, that I'm trained to depend on my higher power for the answers. And that way it makes me so much healthier and that I can be of greater service to others. Um, I'm, and um, so, you know, I, I really... Um, I really value all the people that I meet on the line. Um, I love talking to new people. Um, and it's just a commonality and shared, like, purpose. And I just feel like this vision for you, having gone to other OA meetings, is I always tell people, like, my dream is to run with the fast horses. Like, I don't want to be the needle in the haystack. And when I come to vision for you, this is the A team. This is people that are really, really want it and are dedicating their lives to getting better, and this is where I want to be. So thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Megan. All right. Well, everybody was wrapping up early, so we actually have time for a couple more shares. Who would like to share today that hasn't shared in the last couple of days? Kelly M. from Georgia. Michael M. Kelly and Michael. All right. Kelly, I didn't get the initial of your last name. What was it? S. S, like me? Yes, I'm the (laughs) L-Y-S. Okay. All right, girl, you're up. Three minutes. Okay, thank you. I probably won't take that long. Um, You know, to have the open hand of OA and, and by phone or, you know, I know there are Zoom meetings that are going on. Um, I think it's, important to always have that available and always to have the hand of AA or OA out there for folks and you know back then they they welcome people into their home and a lot of it you know the the what we've been reading has to do with you know trying to get somebody sober because I think that was before treatment centers right but I think it's important to show up and to carry the message and to be there for others. And it has helped me. I mean, just listening to a playback or listening to a special edition, you know, whatever time of day or morning, um, you know, technology just really allows me to hear a meeting just about any time. So um, that's what I wanted to share. And thank you all for being there. And Kelly EYS, thank you for your service. Well, that was quick. All right, Michael, um, I'm going to get the initial of your last name. M. M. You're up, Michael M. Yes, thank you so much for your service. I'm Michael and definitely composable eater and very grateful to Vision. I found Vision a few years ago. I came from another program, but I started with OA many, many years back. I'm grateful that when I came in, um, there was a distinction between God and higher power, because I was, uh, I always thought of God as religion, and I had a rough time in parochial school, but I've had my entire life, my young life being involved in uh, 12-step programs, and I've actually lived my dreams, and I, I love the idea of having, never feeling alone, and I, I never feel alone, even if I'm lonely, not just because I can go to a meeting, but I, I feel that 
I have that that higher power with me and the understanding my understanding of a higher power continues to change and to grow and to become something even deeper and softer and i'm I'm truly grateful that no matter what happens, I'm not alone, and that my higher power doesn't make junk and that no matter what I do, there's always room for me at a meeting, and there's always room for me to change and i i I understand so clearly now that I have a threefold disease, emotional, physical, and spiritual, and I understand that my recovery is really in equal comparison to where my spiritual condition is. And I'm very grateful for that. Uh, I'm, my name is Michael. I'm from Rockaway Beach, New York. And thank you so much for your service. Well, thank you, Michael M. Well, guess what? We have time for another share. Who would like to share? I'm Maya. Okay. Who is this? Wait, I heard somebody before, Laura. What'd you say? Who was that? Maya K. All right, Maya, you're up. Maya, are you there? Hi. Um, you said Maya K, right? Okay. Correct. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm Maya K. Um, covered compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, and I didn't think I'd get to share, but um. I'm just glad to be back on this line. I've been going to a lot of meetings, but um, I love this paragraph. Um, It reminds me of, um, I guess, how lucky I am because I I didn't grow up in, I grew up among a a bunch of religions, like a mishmash. And I had, um, and um, I guess I find that, the 12 step program and um, is like uh, it kind of brought it all together and it's just the whole way of life um, is really just changed me. And, and it is a miracle people, uh, you know, I wish people could see how helpful it is. Like, you know, I, I think people from the outside of my family who might need the program, um, they might not come into the program, but, God knows when there's a problem, they call me and they say, could you put this in your God can? <laughs> you know. So I know, you know, it's made a difference um, in my life and I'm grateful. Like I heard someone say, I really need, need the spirituality um, to save my life. And, and this really tied my whole life together um, with, uh, you know, a, a way of life in the big book. And, um, and it makes sense in every religion um, because I, like I said, I have it in um, my family, every religion, um, like married each other in my family. So, but I'm just really grateful because I know it works for my addiction, whether or not my family wants to be involved um, in the solution or not. I, I feel grateful that they call me when they need a prayer and the God can. And I think that's just a miracle to me, especially for my family. So um, I'm grateful um, to have been able to share and grateful that, um, you know, I I had a really clean day yesterday and I just keep reaching for God and that pulls me through and reaching for the, um, I just keep doing what the big book says and I just keep going there and reaching for 
uh, spiritual things, and that always pulls me through. It seems, even if it's like a flimsy read, it really is what keeps it all together. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Maya Kay. All right, guys. Let's see. Well, thank you to everyone who shared. Uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. The share ID for this meeting, Thursday, June 4, 2020, is 14748. 14748. So we'll now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Martha Z. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Kelly, for your loving service. This is Martha C. I'm a recovered compulsive reader by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.